Hello, and welcome back to K-Drama Rant. My name is Melanie, and I like to rant about K-dramas. Last week on episode 5 of King the Land, Sarang had found herself stranded on a mountainside where she was going to try to develop a relationship with the ginseng digger, but decided to become the digger herself and dig out a ginseng plant so hard that she fell off a cliff. She needn't wait long for her savior to come along, though, because Juan is on it. She doesn't answer his calls for like an hour, and he launches a helicopter search party for her. Not desperate at all. I know it's fine because he's worried about the rain and she's on the mountain, but dang. That's some obsession right there. (laughs) Episode 6 goes back in time to see Juan interrupt a whole board meeting where Huaran is talking smack about every single member of her board. Why are you keeping them on the payroll, actually, girly? Like, you're talking smack about them, and you're asking why you keep them around, and if you don't see the value in them, why are they there? I mean, I guess they're board members, so she might not have a choice. But still, if they are the kind that have actual control over the company, why is she talking to them like that? You know what I mean? But whatever. I don't know anything about business. I write software. (laughs) One interrupt her to ask her to use the hotel's helicopter to find Sarang. And she's obviously not pleased about him interrupting her and tells him to learn his place and ask the board members for the helicopter since he's the lowest ranked employee present. Maybe it's not a board meeting. I don't know what this meeting is. She declines the request over and over for a helicopter and then even goes as far as telling him that it's his fault that Sarang is missing because he's the one who sent them even after trying to say no in the first place last episode. And he even tries to stoop so low as to call her Nuna, like his older sister, but she doesn't care. She does not care about this man. Her brother, Pooh, who cares? (laughs) So... He then tells the board members that they should all be ashamed of themselves and manages to get his hands on the helicopter, even with Sangshi trying to get him to leave it. He's like, don't worry about this one employee, but obviously he's not about to let Sarang spend another hour alone in the mountain. Um, He flies away and finds Sarang once again with the helicopter light halo around him, hurtling to his potential demise, just to be next to Sarang. Uh, Boys really do be risking their whole entire lives before telling you that they like you. Not that I have any recent experience with that. Anyway, he lands next to her and she freaks out thinking that he's a hallucination or something, but starts crying gratefully in his arms when she realizes she's saved. However, the helicopter has to leave them there because of strong winds, so she asks Juan how he got there, because the strong helicopter sounds weren't enough for her, I guess. And she's like, where did you get a helicopter? To which he replies, I had one at home. Which is such a fan fiction line. I'm so delighted by this show. It's so silly. She asks him how they're going to leave this mountainside. And he has to explain that he actually didn't have a plan. He just wanted to be with her. And she's like, but why though? (laughs) So he doesn't respond. And he instead turns it back around on her to ask her why she thinks He's there. They get a little quiet for a moment, and it's very intense. Still like. 
I think everyone can answer that question. And I think even Saran can answer that question. But I don't think she's letting herself believe the answer to that question. You know what I mean? So we can stretch out the tension a little longer. They get quiet for a moment and Juan turns away to call for help. The backup plan will come in the morning. And soon we learn that Juan is also scared of the things in the dark in the mountains. Which is fair enough. I think there are predators in the Korean mountainside. I have no idea. There's no predators where I'm from. I'm the biggest predator at home. <laughs> so I have no idea how to survive anywhere. I, I, I am meant for comfort and vibes, not for nature. I, at the very least, know that the biggest threat to getting stranded would be dehydration, which I'm fairly certain Sarang should be starting to experience right about now, but no one's going to mention it. No one's going to bring it up. We haven't seen her be able to drink anything for like a few hours. I know it takes a while to feel like actual dehydration, but I mean, just 12 hours without water, that shit's like, pretty bad <laughs> so it's interesting that they choose not to talk about that i guess can't make it too real it's a korean drama about a minute later the ginseng digger finds them and they get scared half to death because he's wearing a nice and very well hooded raincoat they somehow make it back to his home and they get changed to sit down for supper with him and who i assume to be his wife Honestly, they sure do end up having a lot of late night dinners in the countryside with older couples. Like, what's that about? <laughs> it's happened twice, but still more than once is like remarkable. The digger immediately makes fun of Juan for being a coward and Sarang agrees. And the digger shares a low-key anti-capitalist sentiment that I wouldn't expect for a K-drama. He's like, you shouldn't risk your life for a company. They won't care when you're gone. And he even gives Juan some criminal offensive side eye after learning that he's the reason Saran came in the first place, which I find interesting and not at all what I expect from a K-drama. Later, Wong tries to get her to go to a hospital, but she's like, I don't have time for that. I have a night shift to get to. So he promises to her that something like what happened today will never happen again. And they have another sweet, very intense moment where they're just looking at each other and like a lot is left unsaid which is very cute and definitely ups the yearning factor, which I really love. But I personally need you to speed it up because these are very intense and I need someone to break the tension because I can't handle that much tension in my life right now. Next day, Sarang wakes up early to sweep the home's yard and one play fights with her to take over the sweeping. She pretends to get injured and he takes over the sweeping and he does it very weirdly and violently. I don't think this man has ever swept anything before. And he sweeps so hard that the broom actually breaks. They then start saying their goodbyes to the couple a little while later. And the digger insists that he will only work with that other hotel. Until Sarang very excitedly brings out the ginseng she found before falling off a cliff. And one is like, you think just anyone can dig up ginseng? I bet you didn't actually dig up ginseng. That's really hard to get your hands on. Like wild ginseng? You think you caught wild ginseng? This man, oh my God, 
But the digger treats the fine with a lot of reverence and immediately offers her a job when he realizes that she actually did manage to get her hands on some wild ginseng. And Juan declines the job for her and gets salty as fuck when she offers the ginseng to the farmer after he saved her life. And Juan is like, yo, I'm the one who saved you, even though he very obviously did not. He just kind of was there. The farmer rejects the ginseng, and we learn that Sarang has no father or mother. She just has her grandmother, and he tells her to give it to her grandmother. Apparently, I looked this up because I was like, they be tritting this wild ginseng like they found gold or something. Like, what is this about? Apparently, wild ginseng goes for an average of $500 per pound. So, yeah, that is very many dollars, like that one piece of ginseng that she found. The digger takes Juan aside to stop sending employees to him since they can get seriously injured. And he does this after he agrees to send King Hotel the best wild ginseng that he finds. Capitalism wins again, baby. They walk away and Juan gets upset at her for thanking him so formally when, when he grabs her bag for her. As you probably know, there are honorific suffixes in the Korean language. And instead of like, she's like, which is like the formal version obviously she has to treat him professionally but instead of telling her to drop it because he likes her he's just like i don't know why i even bother i'm sure like in his head he's been very obvious about liking her like that but she's like i don't know why you're doing all this dude like you're my boss so like obviously she can't get over that mental hurdle because he is her boss then sang shik pulls up to this mountainside to pick him up, and he delivers the news that Huaran, Juan's sister, wants to see Juan about this helicopter thing. And to Sarang, he tells her that Juan went way out of his way to get a helicopter for her. And Sarang's like, oh, I didn't realize that that was such a big deal. They get in the car, and she sits in front, disappointing Juan further, because he wants to sit next to her in the car. And she's like, I don't want to make this weirder, so I'm just going to sit next to Sangshi. They drive off and they very aggressively talk in such a way as to make Juan upset about everyone getting the credit for saving her except for him. So he yells out that he's the one who saved her and she shouldn't be treating Sangshik to a meal to thank him for picking them up or do what's really upsetting him. Call Sangshik her oppa. He's really upset about that one. They do a quick pit stop to fill up with foods on sticks. Big fan of most foods on sticks. You know, it's usually deep fried and like that always just hacks your brain into really enjoying it. So it doesn't really matter what you put on a stick as long as it's deep fried. I do like pinchos. I don't know what the what the word in English would be. Completely irrelevant. It's meat on a stick. It's fine. It's great. You know, foods on sticks. Everyone loves those. When they go to leave that pit stop, Juan decides to drive, thinking he'll get to sit next to Sarang, but she sits in the backseat with Sang-shik, who continues on his quest to upset Juan. At one point, she offers Juan food, and he reaches out with his mouth to take it until Sang-shik reaches out to intercept the meal delivery. It's supposed to be funny, but it's just kind of like, who, who does that? <laughs> they have another pit stop, so Sang-shik can fucking let loose in the bathroom he is not having a great time after eating foods on a stick that is a side effect of foods on a stick yeah it it it, it is like that 
Juan then takes this chance to very angrily ask Sarang why she's never worried about him when he goes out of his way to help her. And she's like, I'll worry about you. What should I be worrying about? Like, you seem fine. Like, I don't understand. Why should I worry? (laughs) It's very funny, but Juan has had it and wants to show to Sarang that he is worthy of her concern. So he leaves Sangshik behind so he can hang alone with Sarang. His plan is to take her to her grandmother's house to drop off the ginseng she dug. Meanwhile, Pyongwan is on the plane trying to get passengers to purchase her wares. The passengers in the section she's in are all part of a team at the same company, I'm assuming, and they try to get her to join them. And they're also very pushy and unable to read the situation. So, yeah, I think they're trying to get her to join an MLM. And the people, the passengers, end up having a fight over who is going to get Pyongwa to sign up. And she realizes she lost her shoe in this bat once she's in the back taking a breather. She is not to be deterred from selling her wares, though, to get those sales numbers up. And wants to find her shoe before she goes out there again. But good old Ron pulls up, shoe in hand, saving the day once again. But the thing is, another one of her co-workers was present and she sees what's happening between the two of them and scoffs. And we assume it's because she has a crush on Ron. She's like, ooh, I can't believe you two are having a thing when I like him. You know what I mean? Back on land. Wan and Sarang pull up to her grandma's restaurant. Wan is confused by the concept of cowhead soup and will not try it, but he offers to wait for her outside while she's in there. Sarang tells him to peace out since she's planning on taking a while there and can take public transportation back home, but obviously he's not about to listen to that. Sarang goes to see her grandma and tries to give her the ginseng, but grandma's like, it's the lunch rush. What do you, like, get to work? What the fuck? <laughs> Obviously, one never left, so instead, he's being a creepo depo, staring at Sarang through a crack in the restaurant window, which is where Sarang's grandmother finds him and calls him out for being a pervert. He figures out that she's Sarang's grandmother and tries to save some face, but when she realizes that that's another hand to help her at her restaurant, she moves on from this indiscretion and tells him to pick up a couple of onion bags for her and move them for her. Then she sits his ass down and tells him to peel some onions for her. Something he apparently has never done before and manages to fuck up pretty spectacularly. Instead of peeling them, he cuts them until the brown skin is gone. Magnificent. I've never seen someone fuck up onions that bad. Grandma then comes out to find him crying over onions and lightly chastises him for fucking up the onions so bad. At least she recognizes her own damn fault for leaving alone a man who told her straight up that he didn't know how to do this. Because, like, how could he fucking not figure out that you just, like, peel onions? You don't cut them up. But whatever. She invites him inside and gives him a fish and larvae juice, which he did not very much appreciate. And, like, fair enough, dude. Like, it's fish and larvae juice. He, like, walks away and Sarang tells... Her grandmother, he's very high up in the company. I can't believe you made him peel onions. And grandma's like, it's not like he's the chairman's son or something. Like, And Sarang doesn't get a chance to respond to that and tell him that actually he is before she's tasked with getting some black tofu at the market. So she and Juan go to the market and Sarang gets him some pancakes and fish cakes, which he enjoys massively after the fish and larvae juice. Fair. 
Then he and Sarang go to play this game of chance, which is basically gambling. And the big prize is a big sugar sculpture. And we learn that he's prone to gambling problems because he like will not let go not winning this big sugar sculpture. So he begs Sarang for more money because he does not have cash until they win the sugar sculpture. Like you could have just bought a sugar sculpture. He's very proud of this molded sugar. And Sarang makes the mistake of feeding his ego when he wins it and tells him that what he did was cool. So he runs with it until something blows up next to them in a puff of smoke and he covers her body with himself against the the explosion. It was just a rice puffs explosion. There was no big deal happening. It was never that serious. However, when he covered Sarang, he dropped his big sugar sculpture, which is obviously very tragic for this man who had attached a lot of his self-worth to it. They get back to her grandmother's restaurant, San's Black Tofu. They never actually picked up the black tofu. But at least Juan has flowers that grandma gets irrationally upset over. She's like, I can't believe you'd spend money on something dumb like flowers. If you want a house, you need to save up. Obviously not knowing that this man has effectively infinite money. And she tells him to sit down for a meal. So she serves him cowhead soup. And he like, instead of just trying it, he just kind of looks at it and really kind of sits in the fact that he's eating cowhead meat. Which like, you know. Not the most common meats that people eat, but just try it. If you don't like it, you can just stop eating. But he does like it once he puts it in his mouth. Unclear, but it seems like Sarang is delighted that they get along. And they leave the restaurant to say goodbye to grandma. And grandma tries to pay them both minimum wage. And at least one tries to reject it, but he sees himself forced to accept the money. And even Sarang is like, no, I can't take your money. But grandma's like, this isn't for working. This is for the ginseng. So, you know, and she, she, she can tell she appreciates it. She's just pretending that she doesn't like things that aren't practical. But everybody likes impractical things every once in a while. That's just what humans are like. And as I say goodbye, one is like, extra polite to her to show grandma that he'd be a great grandson they then get to her place Juan manages to get her to offer to treat him to a meal as a thanks for driving her around even though she never asked for that and then he makes it weird by calling it a date and Sarang is like oh but she she seems to like it so she smiles and walks away with her little bag from her mountainside retreat and like she carries it up these like massive stairs Juan gets home and catches his dad reading, so he offers him the kukpap, the cowhead soup that Sarang's grandmother gave him, and the chairman likes it. He gets Huaya's soup to be his maid to get him some soju, and he has a candid conversation with his son about the way he would ignore protocol to get his hands on a helicopter to save just one employee. So Juan asks him if he's ever saved even one person, and it becomes very tense when he avoids Juan's question and tells him that he made a good choice to save their employee. So he leaves, and Juan is left digesting the meaning of his father's words. Like, basically, no, I would never choose, like, one employee over profit. Like, that's just something that he would never do, because he's not a great man. 
and one is slightly better. Meanwhile, in her apartment, Sarang remembers the day's events, and it brings a smile to her face. Then we see Dalu get a treat with her store's employees and someone who is higher up than her. And that woman tells Dalu to write a report that she doesn't want to write. And Dalu is like, but I have to go to my child later. And it's actually your responsibility to, just, to write this report. I don't have time for that. But the woman is a huge bitch. So she forces Dalu to choose her job over her family. So she starts working on the report and calls her husband to pick up their daughter. But he doesn't want to do that because he has a big day of golf simulation playing ahead. So she has to call her mother to pick up their daughter. At King the Land, the employees are gussying it up for an activity that the regular guests are not invited to. It's the birthday party of the heir to another hotel chain. Okay. Sarang is obviously working the party and she somehow ends up carrying one's gift to the birthday girl. So when the birthday girl starts hanging all over him, calling him oppa, Sarang sees it because she's there. And she gets quiet and jealous. And Juan realizes something's wrong, but he doesn't make the last step to realize that the problem is that this other woman is treating him like a boyfriend. So, Sarang walks away, and Juan and this other girl, because, I don't know, she seems like 18 or something. She seems very young. Apparently, she's down for the strategic marriage that their dads are likely to set up. But Juan is obviously too head over heels for Sarang to do such a thing and tells this girl to find a man that would actually like her. Sarang is dismissed by her manager and is too upset by what she's seen to treat Sangshik like a normal person who happens to be asking her if she has a hot date tonight because Sangshik sees her and he's like, oh, you probably have a date tonight. And she's like, why the fuck would you say that to me? Because obviously she's, she's, she's feeling a little, a little tense over the word date right now because this girl is treating her date as... A boyfriend and one is like allowing it to happen and she she just can't handle someone saying the word date around her right now so she gets home and sulks so pyongwa whips out a tin of danish butter cookies which is somehow not full of sewing supplies honestly the least believable part of the story so far they oversell the hell out of these cookies treating them like there's some god's gift to mankind they're danish butter cookies like they're fine you know like they're good and they they get that sweet itch scratched but they're not all that you know what i mean whatever this is not that important dal shows up with mcju so sarang gets drunk and starts talking about how Juan talked about a date and let this other girl treat him like her oppa and her friends think that she's just talking about an unruly customer, so they give her advice to just ignore it. And they manage to fix their moods by having an impromptu karaoke party and ordering in food. For the last food delivery, because they ordered, like, three different meals, one waits for her in the little foyer in, like, a lot of Korean homes that are used to take off their shoes. So Sarang opens the door, slack-jawed, to find him there. So that's where the episode ends. Sarang is a little upsetty spaghetti because she thinks Juan is doing her wrong and Juan is trying to be better. He's like, I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm here to figure it out. Honestly, I have no idea whether he figured it out. So that's a next week episode thing because this one left with a cliffhanger and I, I just, I don't know what his intention is, but I think he's trying to be better. Honestly, after this episode, the thing I'm most looking forward to in future episodes 
is grandma finding out that the handsome, polite boy is actually a chairman's son and made of actual literal money? I think her reaction is going to be funny. As always, feel free to reach out via email at koreandramarants at gmail.com or on Instagram at koreandramarants. Catch you all next week with episode 7 of King the Land. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.